Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Studio 7500. And uh, joining us today is an alum. Uh, her name is Elizabeth Fernandez. She is a 2015 BIARC graduate. Which uh, means what? Our <laughs> listeners are very savvy. It, it means Bachelor of Architecture. Oh. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, anyway... Why Welcome don't we? To the show, Thank Elizabeth. you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So 2015. So here we are, four years later. Four years later. Yeah. Wow. It doesn't feel like long ago, <laughs> but then you're like, wait a minute. You start counting, and you're like, wow. That's yeah. Then four your ten-year high school reunions the next year coming up. Oh <laughs> my gosh. So let's just let's just I guess start at the beginning. Tell us um, a little bit about yourself, your history, where you're from, and then we'll move on from there. Yeah. So. I am a Los Angelinos, born and raised in Northeast LA. Um, I went to high school in Eager Rock High. Um, <laughs> so I guess when I started to apply for university, I d didn't know exactly what it is that I wanted to study. I wasn't your typical, I played with Legos when I was a kid and I wanted to be an architect. That wasn't me. You're really shattering <laughs> our dream. I really, that was not me. That was, I was, I want to paint and I want to draw. And I would sit outside of my house and paint the front of my house, which now I know is a facade or an elevation. And um, my uncle and my uh, high school college counselor kind of steered me in that direction. And I found Woodbury. Well, so one thing we'd like to ask all of our guests uh, or who are students or alumni is when did you know about so growing up in LA did you know about Woodbury it's okay if you didn't <laughs> no <Okay. laughs> that's the typical answer so it's yeah, not a you know so you found out as you were doing your oh search God. for mm -hmm. for college yeah. and and then so what led you to what made you want to come to Woodbury then well I grew up in the public school system mm. I kind of wanted to change from that and Woodbury University, aside from USC, but I thought Woodbury would be smaller than what I, my high school, and I didn't know anyone from from high school here, so I thought it was a win-win. Mm -hmm. So you wanted to get away from the high school group of people. Absolutely, <laughs> don't we all? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like you don't. I feel, I feel like Jamie like is still friends with all her high school buddies. I am, and I, I'm, I'm. That's nice. Yeah, I mean, I I'm from here too. I oh. grew up in a neighboring city from you. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, you're right. But I'm, I'm not making fun of you. It's fine. <laughs> We, we've, never been, do. we've been off for the last couple of weeks, so there's a lot of pent up. Yes, like, yes, I really miss this. I have a lot of ammo here for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so you, so your guidance counselor and mm. other people helped guide you into architecture, and you thought, yeah, why not? You know, it's kind of a <laughs> career. Um, I thought it was a merge between art and yeah, kind of like engineering or something. It right. was a perfect marriage of both. One of the things, we've actually had a number of architecture alums here, um, probably too many. You mean on our show? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm always fascinated by how, like, what was the process when you started? And suddenly, well, first of all, were you the type of person who was, like, in this studio at 2 a.m., that kind of thing? Like, is it was it weird for you to, to like... That whole, like, it seems like a weird culture. I don't come from an architecture background, yeah. but it seems like it's a very immersive thing. It definitely is a weird culture, but I 
um, embraced it with open arms because I was always up painting till like the early morning. So I thought this was amazing. You had a space where you can stay as long as you want and just work. Did you live work. on campus? I commuted for my first three years and then lived on campus for my last two years. Mm. Okay. So that alone was a, was a bit of a struggle, I would say, not having the opportunity to live on campus and have to commute back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we're jumping all over. Um, let's go back to how you selected yeah. Woodbury. So did your um, high school counselor tell you about Woodbury? Or? He did, okay. Mr. Williams. He said, I think this is a, um, a small school like you like. Uh, they have an arts program, an architecture program, and I think you should take a look at it. And he actually put me in contact with an alumni from here. So mm -hmm. I spoke with her and she kind of guided me through a bit. Okay, and then so the next step was to come onto campus and get a tour. Mm. Yeah, I actually didn't get a tour. Oh. <laughs> you know, no. it's overrated. Yeah. <laughs> now you can get a tour on because of you. We have this great virtual tour on our website. So check it out. <laughs> um, so you applied. You got accepted. Yeah. And was did you get accepted other places? Like, were you trying to choose between places? Or was this, like, once you get accepted, you're like, that's my place? Yeah, I applied to a lot of UCs and Cal States. Yeah, it's tough. Um, I got into majority of them, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I chose to go with the private just because, like I said, I grew up in a public and I thought mm. maybe this would be good for me. And, and it was, was. It was a good choice? <laughs> you yes. feel it was a good choice? Yeah, I love Woodbury. So are you a, a first-generation college student? Like, did your parents go to college or did you, like, can you tell us a little bit about your family history? Yeah, I am first-generation college in the in the states, mm -hmm. both my parents uh, are from El Salvador, and they got a education in El Salvador. So you're a first generation American. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So that it's a very you live in a very interesting dichotomy. <laughs> like you're in between two places, and you kind of I know we're going everywhere, but you don't really know where. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. That's you know, and, and one of the reasons why we want to have you on the show is really to talk about that experience as a, mm -hmm. a first generation American coming into, you know, Woodbury or any college. Like what? Uh, so what did you, you feel? In, did you excuse me, Greg? Sorry. Please. Did by you all feel because you were going to go into one of your twenty, 20 minute, minute dialogues? Like twenty I minute. I could just question. tell. No. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm cutting you off. <laughs> so did you feel when you came here, uh, were there other first-generation students? Did you feel like you fit in right away or or not? I think it was a bit of a shock. Um, not only culturally, but, culturally, culturally, but like um, by socioeconomic status. Mm -hmm. It's a very big shock. Um, that, um, And I did find my group of friends that were in a similar situation, and I did have friends that were not. What situation are we talking about? First generation, commuting, your parents having difficulty understanding the studio culture. Right. Like, why are you at school so late? Oh, <laughs> What's wrong yeah. with you? Yeah. yeah. Why can't you just do your work at home? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So luckily, I was able to find my close group of friends that I'm still friends with. And we, we I mean, architecture creates, I think, lifelong friendships. Yeah. Because <laughs> you, you go through a lot together. Well, one of the things I would think, you know, we often talk about the advantage of, of Woodbury being a small school, but mm -hmm. as as we, uh, uh, the hallmark of the show is we're very <laughs> authentic. And I would think one of the drawbacks of being a small school is that you may, maybe it's a little bit harder to find that group. Did you, um, <laughs> did you find that at first? Like, was it, was it 
like a few weeks or a few months of like what am i doing why am i here what you know soul searching that kind mm, of thing not really i feel like um first week here i kind of knew like you guys are my tribe <laughs> let's stick together That's and i think great. the spa and a sore really right. helps a lot because you develop those friendships even before school starts or not friendship but like relations with people so you don't come in completely blind <laughs> you know a few people that you can kind of hang out with mm-hmm. right so i want to talk about this we you know um the, we met you because you had mentioned uh, in a tweet, and I think it's important for us to talk about this, and it's, it's we're not gonna name names, okay. but uh, you mentioned that when you came in with your family to talk about financial aid, mm-hmm. I assume in the early 2010s or whatever, mm-hmm. 2010 or yeah. whatever it was, um, you uh, the, the counselor made a comment and maybe you can t- mm-hmm. talk about this a little bit more uh because in twitter there's not enough characters um <laughs> and all my questions are can fit into a tweet by the way unbelievable uh, shocking but, but the counselor had made the comment to your family if you can't afford the school mm-hmm. maybe you shouldn't be here right That's that is what like was said okay. yeah now that does not sound appropriate to us. Um, you not know, at all. it makes Especially us feel with very like uncomfortable. Our, our program, I mean, because I assume, I shouldn't assume anything, but our scholarships, our merit scholarships, mm-hmm. and all the financial aid that you can get, it's mm-hmm. this school, Not and I'm not doing marketing right now, but this school is just as affordable as a Cal State school or a UC school. Often by the time you break it down in terms of being able to finish on time and all of that, right, but, right. But but I, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about that. Like what, like what did you? I mean, obviously that's not what you want to hear. No. Um, but like, how did it make you feel? Well, <laughs> it was shocking. Um, like I, I I mentioned earlier, getting accepted alone was a big triumph for a first generation as myself. Um, and then having to face a comment as such kind of uh, makes you question and you oh. have um, imposter syndrome. I got in, but do I belong here? Oh, so you were meeting with the counselor after you had been accepted. Correct. Okay. So, okay. I thought it was the other way around. Like you were asking about how financial aid worked no. and all that. So you had already gotten accepted. Yes. And then you're, you were going in to discuss financial aid, and this came up. Yes. Which, again, we, it does make us feel uncomfortable, but that's why we're talking about it, because it's, it, yeah, that, that is not the um, the impression that any of us would want to give off to mm-hmm. a student who's already accepted to come here. We want to help you succeed and, mm-hmm. and um, get through the whole program. So we're thrilled that you did. So tell us what happened from there. Yeah, so, I mean, I chose to oversee the comment go forth and not live on campus because I knew that this is the education that I wanted to have and if I didn't live on campus well that's fine I live close enough so well let's let's um unpack that a little bit so did it involve not being able to live on campus was that the or like was the issue that living on campus was they were saying it was too expensive well that was just a portion of it it had to do with the tuition to attend right. architecture school living on campus that's an add-on an add-on of i don't know how many dollar signs right yeah but no it was for well school. how did your um how did your parents take that 
Oh, my mom was taken aback, but I think she and I are very similar where we suppress our emotions and kind of just, you just keep going. People will say things to you, but you have to prove them wrong. Right. So So for other students who may feel like they can't afford to come to their Mm -hmm. their dream school or get an education that they want, what what do you have to say to them? Uh, This sounds really horrible, and I've mentioned it in previous podcasts. (laughs) Take the loans, because it's absolutely worth it. It's your education. It's your future. Mm -hmm. And maybe there are alternatives. Maybe you can look at another school, but don't don't, um, limit yourself. Don't say that because you can't afford it, you can't get an education at all. There are sacrifices that people can make. Yeah. Yes, I, I I would agree with that. That's fantastic. No, you are definitely a role model to a lot of first generation students and, and and other students as well. So I'm just I'm just so thrilled that you would you you wanted to come tell your story. I, so I thank love you. This school. So um, okay, so you you're, you start architecture school. It's got to be a shock for anyone because um, it's a lot different than like going to high school, right? So. Talk about that. Like, talk about that transition. Like, what was that like? It was, first off, Burbank is really hot. (laughs) (laughs) So that was a big transition. Uh, Secondly, it was, I mean, it was a shock, but it's, you learn as you go. And you have your classmates to kind of just be like, hey, what do you think of this? Right. You know, and I don't know. I feel like companionship is very strong in architecture. You create, like, it's very tight. That's what I noticed, and I think that's what a lot of people experience. And Did you have any mentors? Specifically in the School of yes. Architecture? Uh, faculty or... And if not, don't, it doesn't matter. I'm well, Jamie, you weren't here at that <laughs> time. <laughs> yeah. I think um, one of the biggest mentors I think I had was Oscar Carletto. I don't know if you guys know of him. He was actually a fifth-year architecture student oh. when I was a freshman, and he kind of... I always viewed him as like a mentor and someone to look up to. Mm-hmm. He was then hired by the school to be a shop master. Oh, um, okay. But I really, I have a lot to thank him for and he's a very influential person in my life. Are you still in contact with him? I am. That's yeah, great, that's he's great. amazing. But outside of architecture, I think there were a lot of counselors that um, played a huge role, not only in my um, college experience, but in a lot of first generation students. Mm. Like it's very um, warming and um, not warming, but it's nice to see a similar face as yours, especially in a position of high, like Mm -hmm. a counselor or someone up there. Um, And I think that when I was here, there was a lot of people that played an influential role, like Marco Valenzuela. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. No. Yeah, he was a res hall Mm. coordinator, and he did. He took on a lot of hats, but I can say that. he helped me when I thought I couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So, um, in, in the media, there's been a lot of um, talk about women in architecture and how, you know, there's a lot of inequality with that, and also in, in being um, a Latina. So that makes you even more of a rare breed in architecture. Not anymore, I Not would anymore. say. Not anymore. Yeah, I would I love to hear so. your take on that because there. I know that um, our dean has um, addressed the issue. Yeah, Ingle has addressed the issue. There's been some issues with women in architecture and how they're not paid as much and, you know, their voices aren't heard as much. So are you, maybe that was 
our my generation uh, is it different now I think there's been progress, but it's not enough, you know? Um, mm -hmm. I think we won't see progress. Maybe the work that we're putting in today, we will not see, but future generations will, I don't know. Uh, and I do agree with uh, the, the wage gap. Sometimes women are unaware of it because no one speaks about it. But as soon as you start having those conversations with some of your male coworkers, it becomes very evident that you are being significantly underpaid and that continues on. I can't believe that still happens. How much are you getting paid? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I don't even know what to say. Because I also agree. I think it's insane. So, um, well, one thing that and we've mentioned this before, our school of architecture, I think it's something like 70% of people identify as minority, I guess. So that's um, really good. Like we're trying to, I think, you know, one of our previous guests mentioned this. The only way it's going to change the profession, like a lot of professions, architecture tends to be white male dominated. Yeah. And the only way it's going to change is if the, if the corporate side of it starts to change. And, mm -hmm. and I think the more we flood <laughs> the architecture community with different perspectives and people, you know, m more women and more people of color and more people with different perspectives, that may eventually change. But, yeah. um, but I'm glad that we're not just churning out more white men architects. <laughs> Exactly. So, so let me ask. So just, okay, so you, you get in and you're like, okay, I'm doing this whole studio thing and I have to like, I don't know, do reviews. Like, I don't really know how it works, but I'm just speaking off the cuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, at what point do you start thinking about like, what am I going to do with my uh, degree? Like, are you just like trying to get through it or do you start thinking about your career or direction or focus, any of that stuff? Yeah, I think that started to happen in third year mm -hmm. when you start dealing with housing. Because I thought that housing, it's very interesting that we uh, have an entire studio dedicated to housing, but at least when I was here, it never addressed housing as in like equal home equal homes opportunity for homelessness right um so that's when i started my wheel started turning and i said architecture doesn't have to be architecture with a capital a and you just design pretty buildings and that's it everyone needs a, somewhere to live everyone needs a roof of, over their head so i think that's when i started to think about what it is that i wanted to do and what role i can take in mm. such a broad um community in architecture mm -hmm. and then so let's get into what you do now so yeah. is that are you working in that direct have you have you ended up in that direction talk about what happened after you left yeah so i graduated um 2015 i started working at my first firm um it wasn't what i wanted to do but i mean this is a big mistake, I think, that a lot of students do. They just take the first thing that bites. Mm -hmm. um, maybe assess uh, what it is that you really want to do. Uh, what is it that you were doing? I was working for a medium-sized firm that does a lot of retail, restaurants, cafes, uh, that commercial work. Mm -hmm. And I was more on the permitting side of it, so a lot of work with the city. Mm -hmm. mm. That sounds... Um challenging <laughs> it's, it, it wasn't taught here I so mm. I learned I am thankful for the for that knowledge 
But then after that, three years there, I'm currently at another, it's a bit larger firm that focuses on developments, which is, I'm working with the devil, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can change it from the inside now. I, I hope so. <laughs> I sure hope so. But I think um, I'm just trying to gain as much knowledge and prepare myself for what it is that what I want to do because if I know what the counter is doing and what they're prepping, I'm able to come and kind of propose a counter argument. And and now with like, I'm going everywhere. I am so sorry. No, no we, that's, this, is, this is how we roll here. Yeah. We love this. Totally, no. And fine. now, I mean, the city of LA has a lot of uh, affordable um, housing opportunities. Right. So a lot of those codes and laws are being implemented in huge development. So there's a bit of a... So they get like they get tax breaks, right? For That's correct. Inserting... <laughs> so developments, you mean housing, residential? Housing, That's yes. what you're working on now, residential developments? Yes. Okay. Well, they do mixed use. So mixed use, okay. Um, I myself, I'm working in housing, but the okay. company does everything. So like mixed use, my view of that is like the bottom floor is retail and then like it's all... Yeah, that's. Yeah. Yeah. I was correct in my vision. Yeah, well, um, mixed use. What else? <laughs> he is brilliant. <laughs> I think I could be an architect. Now. Maybe. Uh, um, um, yeah. So, what about? Are you a mentor to anyone? I mean, have you? Or do you try to? I mean, it's okay for not, but like, I are mean, you? Does a mentor put that label on themselves? Right, I, I don't know. know. <laughs> That's true. I, guess. I don't know. I mean, Good answer. I'm pretty sure, like Donald Trump. Would, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the best mentor. Nobody's ever been a better mentor than me. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I know what you mean, but like, I I feel like uh, just like what you were talking about earlier, like th- a lot of the people who y- end up being your mentors are people who are kind of like your 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 colleagues you know mm-hmm. like a, a, maybe a student who's a couple years old or whatever but you learn the most I'm just wondering if you've had an opportunity to kind of guide anyone if you haven't that's fine there's plenty of time I mean I'm sure I mean everyone guy I don't know I don't right. know how to answer that with uh, yeah no it's fine I asked tough questions <laughs> yeah right what do you got come on. you gotta be a little easier on her come on no, yeah, I'm teasing. So, um, okay, so now you're you've been in your current role for how long? I've been there for just about six, seven months. So it's freshly, it's fresh. Okay, that's great. Yeah, why don't we take a short break? It won't be bad. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Okay, welcome back to Studio 7500. It's Greg Houle along with Jamie Brown. Um, we're here with Elizabeth Fernandez, a 2015 graduate of our architecture program. So Elizabeth, we want to come back to the discussion about when you, when you first got accepted and you were talking to financial aid and they had some pretty indelicate things to say about you know, if you can't afford 
to come here, then maybe you should come to another school, mm-hmm. which again, we'll say is just a horrible thing to say. So, um, like, so after you completed your time, and I assume you're here five years, right? It's a five-year program. Yes. <laughs> so after dealing with that issue, nine years later, looking back, how do you feel about it? Uh, that conversation still lingers in the front of my mind. Not in the back, but in the front. Uh, yeah, it. I think it shaped the way that I took school by the reins. It kind of fueled me. Um, by someone saying that I should go to another university because I couldn't afford it, it made me realize that there was a lot of opportunities hidden within that will allow me to be part of this school. I got involved more in on campus. I was a spa. I did SOAR. I was an RHA. Can, can you talk a little bit about those, what they are? Because not everyone knows what the acronyms are. So oh, like, yes. A so spa was a SOAR peer advisor. So you would help with incoming students, uh, mm-hmm. giving them tours, letting them know what the school was about. Uh, it's, I guess it's their first glimpse after acceptance into the school. Mm-hmm. Then RHA, Resident Hall Association. I uh, did that for two years, which allowed me to live on campus mm-hmm. my last two years. And then um, I did get involved with uh, the, uh, one of the sororities on campus as mm-hmm. well. So again, I used that as fuel that kind of made me want to keep going. Right. So you wanted to take every opportunity you had um, and learn as much as you could from with what we had to offer, what Woodbury had to offer. Yes. I kind of took a step back and I asked myself, um, there, what can come out of this negativity? What can come out of this response being shot at me or thrown at me? Uh, I, I think that it would be beneficial for institutions, not only Woodbury, but every college or university to have uh, like a FAFSA wor- workshop that is not only in English, but is in multiple languages because we are in Los Angeles. Um, speaking from my experience again, I didn't know what FAFSA was. My parents, they speak broken English. I can't, I, I have to figure this out on my own. Right. Um, that's something that should be super beneficial. Another thing that I noticed, and I may be wrong, the the university website is only in English and mm-hmm. there is not like a translate yeah. or anything. So if a parent has questions, they're gonna have to copy paste onto Google Translate right. and it might not be right, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think um, my wife is from Syria and she um, immigrated here when she was 17. And her parents didn't know anything about college in the U.S. and how it works. And she had to figure it all out herself. It was the same sort of thing. You know, it's like you no one's helping. You know, you just got to figure it out. And, you know, if we're asking students uh, to spend tens of thousands of dollars on their education here. I do think that every college and university has a certain responsibility to help students understand how they can get the financial aid they need to not be burdened financially. Yeah, and they also need to let go of the legacy also, because a lot of the universities, like we've seen in the media recently, um, if you can't, then you can't. And some right. parents do whatever it takes and some people that kind of deserve to be there because they've busted themselves during high school don't have that opportunity because they don't have an extra 
blank them out. Yeah, I mean, it makes me <laughs> sick. Like the 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 one girl or whatever is like, I don't even want to go to class. I just want to go, you know. And like you're taking the space of someone who actually, you know, deserves to be there and wants to be there and wants to improve themselves. It's sick. So, yeah, totally, totally. What do you think, Jamie? No, I, I don't even like to talk about this topic because it, <laughs> it does. It makes my stomach turn that this this had happened. And it was like we – we the institutions aren't tight enough. I don't even know the terminology to use, but they kind of let it happen. Yeah. And hopefully there, were, there are going to be some major changes so this sort of thing can't happen again. So on that note – All right. Well, we'll just – we're going to take a short break. Now, are you, you were mentioning um, prior to the show that you're involved now in some nonprofits, is that yes. correct? Yeah, I sit on the board of Less Girls in Action. It's a nonprofit organization that helps provide grants to young girls in El Salvador that don't have access to education. Uh, something as much as a dollar is hindering them from attending school because they can't pay for a bus. So we hold fundraisers and we take donations and um, it gets distributed back to El Salvador, depending on what district is in dire need and what you know, what school needs it, then it's then it's being it, it's given to the girl. That's a really great cause. That's really good. I mean, obviously there there's some major challenges there, mm-hmm. so it's it's good for you to to be involved and and yeah. to do that. What what? How did you get involved? Uh, it it's actually really funny. The founder of the organization found me on Instagram. I don't know how. And we had a conversation about Hot Cheetos um, (laughs) and how you can't find Hot Cheetos in Portland. (laughs) And then we started talking about how I was Salvadorian, she's Salvadorian, and she said, would you be interested? So she sent me um, the application and I went through the interview process and here I am. (laughs) Wow, that's, wow. Hot Cheetos. Hot Cheetos. And Instagram. I tell you. Social media. Yeah. So where, um, where is this organization headquartered? Or is, it, is that too big of a term to use? I mean, how many people are involved in it? Right is now, it? it is just five board members. Oh, okay. Yeah. And people that help and donors. But it's just the five of us trying to help. Where, where can we learn more about it? Yeah, you can go on Instagram at atlasgirlsinaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's there. You'll find a link if you want to donate. That'd be great. Um, we could also go to our website, lastgirlsinaction.com, and you can read more about our mission, who's involved, um, some of the organizations that we are affiliated with, and our upcoming events. So it's um, just specifically, it's about helping um, girls from El Salvador and get education is yes that, yeah yeah because education isn't it's it's huge uh, education isn't just going to school sometimes um they don't have money for uniform which stops them from going to right. school so they can't get the education so uh again and a bus ride the cost a dollar to get to their school they don't have the dollar they miss out on school <laughs> so do you want to talk about like your your so your parents immigrated but uh 
from there and yes. you were born here i was born here yes but i grew up um, in el salvador for about two three years so sp spanish was my first language mm. and i had to learn how to speak english here which was tough yeah. <laughs> how old were you when you learned english it was uh as soon as i started preschool so three four three? yeah yeah and i was in esl up until seventh grade so what's ESL again? English, English. as a second oh, language. Okay, yeah. ESL. Sorry, yeah. we're gonna edit that out. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I only know. I didn't one know one. what spa was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Let's <laughs> let's move forward here. Okay, that yeah, that must have been challenging. So you were born here, and then your parents took you back to El Salvador for a couple years. Okay. Yes, but I mean, I'm sure you guys are aware the the Civil War pretty much pushed out a great majority of people so yeah. mm -hmm. there was no reason to stay <laughs> yeah yeah but now this is such a touchy topic what are mm -hmm. your what are your thoughts on what's happening right now at the border or do we, we not want to talk about that let's no. talk about it yeah i think there's a lack of empathy <sighs> I would, yeah couldn't agree uh, compassion and just understanding that these people are going through trauma that can possibly and will be passed down generationally um not only do these people alone, and by these people I mean like Central Americans and Mexicans and anyone involved in, in the migrant caravan, um, they're already dealing with trauma. They're, they already have bags from their, gener their um, ancestors, and now you're just adding on to it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just not that simple. You know, it's just not about building a wall or, It's not you know, simple at all. Um, I wish I had a solution. There's no, I mean, there's no, there just has, uh, my opinion is there just has to be an easier way to become a citizen, right? And the, I mean, the path to citizenship needs to be easier. Well, it starts with empathy and I'm not seeing much of that right now. No. Right. No, you're right. It's tough. Definitely. Now, do you, do you still have family in El Salvador? Um... Very few, but I don't really know yeah. them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm planning a trip this year to kind of um, heal up some wounds mm -hmm. that I have been running from. <laughs> Good for so you. back to be, I, I want to be back on the land, on that soil, and kind of just make my mends with it and keep going forward. That's fantastic. That's great. Wonderful. Your parents must be super proud of you, right? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Do you have any other siblings? Yes, I have a little sister. She's oh. five years younger, so she's in college right now. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Second child. Where does she go to school? Cal State Channel Islands. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. Does she like it? She loves it. Good. She's away from the L.A. traffic. Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah. What is she studying? Sociology. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. So again, Your parents must be very proud. And if they don't tell you, <laughs> I know, I mean, my goodness. We're just, proud. We're proud. <laughs> we're <you>. proud. <laughs> it's very wonderful. Is there anything else you'd like to add to your story or anything you want to share with our listeners, whether it's about your Woodbury experience, your life experiences? Well, one there's one thing I would ask you, and what is the advice you would give to someone who is in your exact situation? Currently or back? Like in looking <laughs> back now. If you were to look at yourself, but you were self with someone else. 
what year are we talking? 2010? No, you're, <laughs> like, you're, you're a senior in college. Let's say there was, let's, no, let's say there was, a, uh, let me cut this out. Um, so uh, the question I have is if you were looking back at a student who was your, you know, who was a prospective student at your age. Okay. Um, what would you tell that person? Like what advice? Like they had a similar feeling. Oh, am I going to belong? Mm -hmm. Do, is this the right place for me? I don't know. Can I afford it? <laughs> Right. Like, what would you say to them? I said, like, if this is what you want to do, do it. <laughs> Don't let anything stop you. Like, I, I say this to all my friends and I say this to my sister and I say this to anyone. You can allow things to stop you. And you also have the power to power through them. So if you're confused, you're going to find your tribe. If you feel like you can't afford it, you will find a way. I... Speaking from my experience, I worked three ca uh, jobs on campus to pay for my materials for architecture because it's not cheap. Um, and if you have any doubts on how you're going to pay for this after college, just start prepping during your senior year and make sure that you have a job lined up that, and make sure that you send the max to your loan so that it cuts it down faster. <laughs> but I am a, th a strong believer that Anything is possible as long as you put your heart into it. And, you know, I have to say, I am certain you are an exceptional employee because you've had to learn very young how to work and put yourself through school. I mean, I am so, I'm so, I have three kids in college and <laughs> I mean, I would, I want, I'm going to have them listen to this podcast just to get inspiration from you. I think you're amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. I think, yeah, I think we've said it all. We really appreciate it. One last it. thing. Yeah. If you want to cry, cry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let it um, sit in because it'll erupt. Just let your tears flow, literally. I love that. Yeah. That's what we're all about. Be authentic. <laughs> Absolutely. Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining us today. We really, we love to hear stories from uh, across um, members of our community. And, and we and really you know, appreciate thank it. Thank you for that tweet. Because we never would have had this opportunity. So something that was a negative turned into a, a real positive, I think, for Woodbury in terms of, you know, you are, like I said, I mean, we are just thrilled to share your story because it just showcases, you know, what people can get out of, mm -hmm. students can get out of our school. And um, you are a role model. So, yeah, yeah thrilled. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you.